but if you really think about it most of the things that happen uh to us can be things that we consider to happen for us and i'm saying that um i'm trying to quote uh grant cardone uh, uh from the 10x role he said I, I don't let things happen to to me i make things happen for me or something like that i'm loosely quoting them meaning yeah. that every decision you you make from the time you wake up during your day what the, the outcome of your day is going to be a direct reflection of the decisions that you make Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, family. This is another edition of Tech Niche Tips. I'm your host, Joseph M. Smith, and we have another one for you. Uh, thank you so much for supporting this channel, and I'm actually happy to bring on my guest right now, Paul. Paul is an SDR that went through course careers. Um, and if you can, Paul, I'm, I'm excited to let them know about a little bit about your story, but I don't want to steal your thunder. I'm going to let you talk about it, <laughs> and so you can share exactly what that is. Um, and let me just, before we get into the nitty gritty, just share, how long have you been at SDR for? Um, well, I've been at SDR uh, officially since uh, December of 2022. Nice. Yeah, okay. yeah that's, uh, I, I passed course careers and then, you know, uh, got into the role of SDR, yeah, December. Yeah. Nice. All right. With that being said, I'm going to take a step back. And basically what we're going to do is what we normally do on this show. We're going to talk about the boots to the brain. Boots is symbolic of the journey one takes to get to where Paul is right now. And the brain is symbolic of the mindset one needs to have not only to be where Paul is currently, but to scale from there. So without further ado, Paul, we'd love to hear from where you grew up in your background and take it away from here. Out of high school, I decided that I wanted to go to the military because college just didn't seem that appealing to me. So um, I, I did some time in the United States Navy. Uh, I was stationed in uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi uh, for most of my time there. Uh, when I got out of the military, it, it was really just, um, just just trying to figure things out as a young adult. You know, I'm in my, my early, early 20s. And so, you know, I'm just, you know, going through life, just trying to figure out what my next move is, what I want to do with myself. Still uh, wasn't feeling like going to college or anything like that at that time. Uh, so, you know, I just uh, worked here and there. Um, I worked at Target. I worked at, you know, several different warehouses, uh, forklifts, all types of manual labor. Um, work history is all over the place. I've worked pretty much any type of job that you can work in any industry from restaurants to warehouses and you know logistics and things like that to the trucking industry which is where i most recently worked before i decided to uh uh, uh course careers um um yeah uh just the typical uh you know the typical american story you know um either you know college or military or you know straight to the workforce uh, after you get out of high school um not too much not not too much you know interest in there except for you know the fact that uh in 2005 when hurricane katrina hit i think that's when uh a lot of things changed for me as far as like wise uh, i'm a little older than most um i'm 42 years old and so you know <laughs> it's hard to like start at a certain point because i don't have way too much history to you know but uh, in 2005, when Hurricane Katrina hit in, in this place, you know, most of the people that I, I grew up with and in my family and things like that, I settled in Houston, Texas. Um, I worked, uh, I started working at a call center. That was my first experience with like relations, like 
uh outside of like retail or something like that you know on the phones uh was uh typically you know a bill collector you know i was the guy that would call people and you know try to shake them down and get <laughs> whatever is owed to the company uh at the time i think we were doing like credit card payments and things like that so um where a bit of my um phone experience came from as far as like people and you, you know having to uh take multiple calls and things like that during the day and so uh fast forward to 2013 uh i was in houston from 2005 till 2013. um i decided to move to omaha nebraska uh needed a change of pace i um was feeling like i don't know if anybody um ever lived in a, in a large city before as big as Houston is, Houston is, I think, the fourth largest city, might be the third at this point, largest city in the United States. And uh, it, it's it's a pretty big city. I was going through some financial hardships, some personal you know, struggles and things like that. And so I decided Houston was too big of a city for me to try to regroup. So I moved to Omaha, Nebraska, which is where I reside now. And, um, you know, I started working at this company, the company, um, not going to name the company or whatever. But, you know, we deliver uh, freight across, you know, and, and things like that. I worked uh, on the dock at, as a forklift, you know, operator, just unloading trailers and loading trailers. And, you know, just the grind of that um, really, you know, it's it, it, it was a fulfilling job in the, in the way that, um, you know, the money was really good. But um, I think, you know, the term golden handcuffs is a real thing. Because no matter how much they pay you at a job, if you aren't fulfilled, like if it's not challenging you in a certain way, then I wouldn't recommend that anybody, you know, sit and, and you know, and, and stay at a job just because of the money. And so that's the point that I got to. I worked there for about a good eight years. And so I got to the point where the job just wasn't fulfilling me anymore. The money, the money really great. Like I said, it was amazing, but it just wasn't fulfilling anymore. And then, you know, we get to 2020 in the pandemic and everybody's trying to figure something out luckily for me i had job security and and you know in the, in the industry um it, it, at least in, in my part of the industry because people had to get their supplies and things like that so we didn't shut down because of the pandemic uh, um like a lot of un, other people's you know uh businesses shut down so you know everything was good the money was still good you know no no problems there it's just that i didn't feel challenged enough i didn't feel like i was using my my full potential and so I, I, I bought a lot of books on finance and then, you know, I just been kind of like, um, I know that they had this trend on Twitter, um, uh, back, back in the day when a lot of the coal miners were losing their jobs, it was hashtag learn to code. For some reason that just kept ringing in my head, learn to code, learn to code. So I was like, what is this tech industry all about? So I started delving into it a little bit more and I ran across a podcast with, uh, AO Anthony O'Neill and a lot of people's good friends cyrus harbin and you know he uh was about you know course careers and um careerists uh they were speaking about course careers and careerists in there and saying how you can get into tech without any technical knowledge like you don't have to learn, know how to code or anything like that and so i was like wow i've been really interested in tech lately um and this seems like the perfect opportunity so i um uh, took you know the discount code i think it was ao's discount code from that podcast um i might be mistaken i know cyrus had a uh 
um, you know, a discount code too. So I took the little discount code. I think it was like, you, you can attest it. I think you went to course careers, 550 or something like that, or 450 to, uh, to sign up. If you use the discount code signed up, uh, probably spent some money. I didn't have at the time, to be honest with you. Uh, but I figured, you know, it's $500, $600. I can recover from this. I'm just going to, you know, dive straight in because anything I do in life, um, I try not to second guess it if I feel strongly about it. So I felt strongly about this. So I dive right in and, and you know, fast forward to now, you know, uh, working in this position. That's how I got into course careers, you know, from this. I started working until, you know, the time I got interested in tech. Um, hey there, thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get through me, Joseph50. That's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course, any which one, whether it's, again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link, and sign up right now. What are you waiting for? I think there's a lot of things that you said that I want to definitely talk about. Uh, I want to go back specifically to when you said, you know, I'm 42. Right. And yeah. I was thinking about that because you're saying I'm older than most. But there's a lot of people that I know of who are right where you are, who ha are saying, man, am I too old? I'm not saying you said this, but this is what I'm hearing uh, during coaching sessions and things of that nature. They say, hey, am I too old to get into tech? Can I do this? And I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, man, you are now their spokesperson uh, for people that may say, like, hey, I'm in my 40s. Hey, I'm a little bit older. Like, I I'm a little bit like wondering if I can still make that transition. And you're testifying to that. And here's the thing. My question to you is, to going back to your background, how many transferable skills were you able to take into tech? A whole lot. Mm. A whole lot. Especially on, like, the the retail. Uh, if, if you've ever worked in retail or, um, or at a call center or any type of customer facing, whether it's over the phones or in person, Tech sales um, would not be a hard transition for you because I know a lot of people um, at some point in their lives, younger, young, younger, older, uh, have worked in some sort of retail or some sort of, you know, uh, call center background or something like that. You know, because those are the jobs you get uh, without any, you know, college degree experience or, you know, or what have you. But I would say that a lot of it is transferable from the uh, because you have to have some sort of uh, skills. Uh, customer service skills when you when you are uh, in the SDR or BDR position because a lot of it is knowing how to talk to people, knowing how to respond to people, and uh, customer service teaches you a lot of that. So if you have a strong customer service background, then this would be about the easiest transition you can make into tech sales. Paul, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, having a customer, I was I, I was a heavy. Before I got into tech sales or even sales, forget about tech sales. Before yeah. I even got to sales, I was heavy in customer service and administrative work. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the organizational skills that I developed in being an administrator and the people skills that I developed in customer service lended itself tremendously to, to tech sales because you have to be able to communicate with people and be able to talk to people. Now, let me ask you this. You said something that was also very good. You talked about sales. Can you talk a little bit more about like the, the what you've learned previous to sales mm -hmm. versus what you learned when you took course careers? 
Okay, now I do have a, a sales background. I got a pretty um, a, a pretty interesting sales background. I used to uh, work uh, for a company and no longer exists no more. So I'm going to say their name. I'm pretty sure they don't exist no more. It was called World Team Direct. Um, we um, we would walk around with a box of random items and go business to business, parking lot to parking lot, and try to sell those items to people. Uh, that was my first introduction to sales. Uh, uh, you know, I was in between jobs. I was looking for something. You know, I was rent was getting behind. I was, and you know, that was one of them jobs that no background check, no anything. They just hire you. I, I saw why once I got there. It was pretty a pretty funky operation. But I mean, you really learn to talk to people and learn how to you know cold approach people in in that industry. Uh, I wouldn't call it an industry at all. We were selling trinkets basically, but um. You know, you walk up to people, you had your sales pitch. Um, they they really taught you a lot of like ground level, entry level sales um, tips and things like that and strategies to be able to get people's interest interest level enough to, to where they're ready to buy something that they didn't even know they needed or wanted before you approach them. So uh, I started out there. Uh, then I went to uh, I worked for an insurance company. I worked for Mutual of Omaha which is uh, one of the largest insurance companies in, in the country and in, in the world, probably. Uh, I worked with them as a, uh, a sales rep slash uh, customer service rep. It was like a dual role or whatever. Um, and that is where I learned more of the skills that translated directly into uh, what I'm doing right now as an SDR, BDR, because all we would uh, do is uh, qualify, you know, what we would have to do is we would assist the customer in whatever their needs were with their insurance policy. And it was part of our job to try to sell them more insurance or, uh, or, or at least uh, talk them up to a point where they feel like they may be interested in buying more insurance and then transfer them over to the, uh, to the actual uh, insurance sales uh, rep or whatever. So there was a lot of, a lot of uh, sales and talking and, and, you know, trying to pro asking certain questions to try to figure out, what their need was to try to get them over to that sales rep. So those skills directly translated into what I'm doing now is a uh, SDR slash BDR. Perfect. That's, 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 that's honestly what I believe is the case. It's just, it's just same, almost the same skills, but like it's almost valued in different ways, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're in tech. Uh, let's go back to course careers because uh -huh. I think a lot of people want to kind of see or kind of get a better understanding. They're like trying to figure out, okay, should I do course careers? Should I not? And they want to kind of get a better understanding of how was how long it take to finish the course, you know, because you're a father. Right. You you like myself, you know, and we have responsibilities. And then on top of that, you could add this course. So can you talk to them about the difficulty level for yourself personally of how it was to go through the course, what your experience was going through that course? Well, time is um, it is very valuable when you uh, when you have children and you work a demanding job such as the one that I was working. I was working about 55 hours a week at the job that I was uh, working before I started in, in tech sales. And also I would have my kids every single weekend. As soon as I would get off from my job, I would go pick up my kids and, you know, and, and, and you know, spend the weekend with them. So juggling time between work and, and family is, is very difficult. But um, I think it's it's about your mindset going into it you you have to have the mindset that this is what i'm going to do and there's no excuse in the world that can stop me from doing it i just eliminated any excuse in my mind 
those weren't excuses those were just uh hurdles uh so to so to so to speak to get over not an excuse not to do it so what i did was um i i operate a forklift at, at i operated a forklift at my um at my role you know as a dock worker um uh, prior to uh, getting into this role and i would uh have my earbuds in most of the time i would be listening to music while i'm unloading and loading trailers because you know i've been there so long so you know it's just I, I could do that with my eyes closed you know so i'd be sitting there going through uh the the lessons uh while i'm at work the, the whole time i'm at work and then i would get home and i would uh and i would do like a quick refresher on like 2x speed i would turn up that's that's the cheat code for me by the way too I would uh turn the lessons on like 2x speed <laughs> or one and a half times speed you know the talking portions of them yeah I'm, i cannot <laughs> sit for a long time and, and listen to you know what i'm saying just listen to a, a lecture or a lesson um yeah. I'm, I'm very like i have to keep moving so you know I, I would turn i would turn the speed up and then you know get to the uh the assessment portions and things like that and go through the assessments once i got home uh after i already listened to it you know on regular speed at at the job so that's how I fit the time in to get through the course. I literally would pull it up on my uh, on my phone, uh, put in my uh, my Bluetooth earbuds, and listen to it while I was working. Like, and, and then come home and then do a quick refresh and then do all the assessments and everything like that. So, like, yeah, that's actually a, a, something that I think I did a couple of times where I would listen to it multiple times to reinforce mm -hmm. what I'm doing. And I don't think we realize the power of. Uh, I, won't, I don't want to say multitasking, but the, it's almost like compounding that that sort of that experience where you might be doing something and it's passively you're passively listening to it while you're working or you're yeah. doing a task. But but there's something to be said, like when you do that and then you get to go back again, you realize how much stuff you started to like remember, even when you were just like like you said, you're working forklift for me. It was putting my, you know, my my toddler to sleep uh, while I'm listening <laughs> or, or reading. And, you know, you don't realize how much things you're catching. Yeah. Uh, while you go and do that so i think that's a good tip for anybody who's doing this is like listen we're fathers of, of i'm gonna speak for myself i'm father of six uh my, my brother has children as well um and we had jobs that were demanding mm -hmm. and we still made it happen so if you are on the precipice of thinking like hey i don't know if i can get this done because of my age because of my responsibilities i mean hey we did it you could do it too and <laughs> yes. ain't nothing special with us we just decided to put our head down and, and go after it that's all that's it and, and let me ask you this how long did it take you to complete the course uh it took me about uh about a month about a month because uh that that last uh week uh, of that month i was really like you know studying and um you know making sure i rehashed uh things that we learned from the reading materials and things like that also something i uh i, I did on audio the uh the reading materials that we had uh, even though I had went back and bought physical copies just because the, the reading material was that good. I listened to that on audio too. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That, that was a, that was my thing too. Like I didn't want to wait for, I didn't want to wait for a, a physical copy to come. Uh, I was like, let me get this started. So I literally listened to how I, how to influence friends, friends on YouTube. It's like an old recording of it. I listened to mm -hmm. that. And then I found something off of like SoundCloud for the other book and, and by that time, the books came. So I, yeah. I did spin selling uh, when I actually had a copy of that book. But I, but like you said, like like this, you have to find a, you have to find a way to kind of get it done if you yeah. don't have the means. I like that, man. Uh, yeah. Any, I get this all the time. 
people are concerned about the final exam for course careers. Like people are like, oh, how hard is it? How how difficult is it? You know, I'm not gonna lie. There's moments where I was a little stressed about it too, <laughs> because I'm like, yeah. I had so much writing on it. Like I, I had a timetable of like, I need to get into tech by X, Y, and Z time because financially we needed it. Like yeah. my wife is gonna be on maternity leave. We have no income coming in besides what I'm making at my job previously. How was the final exam for you? Um, the final exam, um, there, there were some challenging parts. Um, like the, the, there were certain written parts that were challenging, but if you don't overthink it, then, then, then you'll do just fine and also use whatever study materials, um, are, are available to you. I think they didn't have like some, um, some flashcards uh, or something like that, like, a, uh, that you can go through to, uh, like for study materials or something like that. I think they did. And they also have the practice one that you could take prior to it to get an idea of how the test is going to flow. Yeah. 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 The practice. Uh, but I, I, I got most of my um, prep in using um, those those flashcards because basically a lot of it is knowing um, the, the terminology and things like that that you have to uh, know going into the SDR, BDR role and uh, a lot of the different um, like the types of uh, the, the types of people that you're going to be dealing with, like the buyer personas and things like that, your ideal customer uh, profiles and learning how to identify those and, and, and things of that nature. So if you really just hone in on uh, the, the key points that they drive uh, during the uh, during the course, then, then you'll you'll pretty much pass that thing with, without too much of a struggle. Yeah, I, I think that that they do provide enough resources. And if you go over the material, you definitely will be good for sure. Yeah. Now, with the next phase, which is, I think, another another milestone for people, right? You complete the course, you do the final exam, you may even get your certificate. But now it's that period between when you are waiting for, you know, you finish the course to when you get the job. How long did it take you to actually land a job in tech? Well, um, to be honest with you, um, after I changed my banner on LinkedIn uh, and updated my, um, my, my, my LinkedIn profile, um i would say three weeks into the course i started uh receiving some interest from uh you know different different companies and things like that i guess i got lucky i don't know what other people's process was but uh recruiters were reaching out to me just based on the updated linkedin profile by itself and so by the time i finished the course um because I, I i started the course in october i finished uh in in november by the time i finished the course i was already like fielding uh different offers from uh different you know different different organizations um wanting to you know schedule time with me and things like that uh, i think i had about three or four different um companies that reached out to me and you were getting offer letters already by that time or you were not, just... not necessarily offer letters okay. uh just people wanting to you know you know those initial uh recruiter uh phone screenings or whatever yeah. uh, like that yeah i was getting people reaching out and did you get an offer from any of those initial screenings yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Wow. I, I did. Wow. And, 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 I, and I took the offer. It was a it's a it's a local uh company. They're um they're they're a tech company. I wouldn't call them a startup anymore. They've been in the, um in it for a, a while. But um they're not they're not IPO yet. So um uh they're they're <clears throat> in the process of getting IPO ready. But um yeah, they they reached out to me and they were local. They're literally like like 10 minutes away from my house. So um it's an in-office uh, position. Um, they, they they label it as hybrid, but mostly in-office. Uh, you get to work from home uh, one day a week, which is which is nice. Um, but um, 
that that remote i'm still wanted to know what that's like to be honest with you to to work like fully remotely well i could tell I you know, maybe you could tell me something about that i i've enjoyed it i, I would say but prior to tech there was another company that I was doing remote slash hybrid for. And then during the pandemic, I moved to a solar company that I was working with and they went fully remote with their, their, I mean, I didn't have, a, I guess it would, it would be like a solar rep or sales rep inside mm -hmm. sales rep. It wasn't a particular name, but the work we did was kind of as what SDRs did in a way we were okay. setting it up. We were part of the team that set it up for the, the sales rep. Now, if you want to define it, according to what we learned at course careers, mm -hmm. we were the ones that basically did the discovery portion of it. So they had teams that did like oh, really? outreach every and, single portion. Yeah. So, yeah. And it wasn't crazy discoveries because it was like written questions and certain criterias that we have to make sure that they qualify for before we have one of our reps go out there. Um, so, so I was doing that remotely. So I can tell you for a fact that we're working remote. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it's, it's a good thing, man. Cause for me personally, I'm a homebody most of the times. I, I could go out. I'm like an um, omnivert, as they say, or ambervert. That's the word, ambervert, uh, where I'm so social, but I don't mind my alone time. And so I could just wake up, brush my teeth, come downstairs to my office, start work. And so that 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 loss of commute time, all those different things are great. And in between breaks, you could go for a walk. You could go, you know, do what you need to do. Um, and that is not, that is more in tech than anything else in regards to yeah. the freedom that you can experience in regards to working from home. But let me backtrack to course careers, the course one more time. If you could change anything that you did to become more successful in the course, and for everybody that's listening right now, maybe you want to take out your paper and pens or write in the comments section below. But if there is any particular thing that you could have done differently to be more successful into getting the job, not necessarily passing the course, but like to get the job sooner or whatever, what would you have done differently? Um, course careers has an amazing uh uh, discord community that you can um that you can reach out to and, and, and network with different people in there and things like that ask questions and trade you know trade information do even do practice mock interviews with uh some of the people in there i probably would have interacted more with the uh with, with the course careers discord in, in the social community or whatever uh because i think uh that there's a lot of value in you know people that are on the same path as you or with the same mindset as you uh, trying to get to a common goal and you guys uh kind of like sharpening each other's swords or whatever you know in that in that regard i probably would would have uh, done that more absolutely i think i think that's a great great call out it's because the net the community that they have at course careers you guys are on the same path you guys are going for the same right. job but guess what next you never know who's going to be the next sdm next sales manager you never know who's going to have who's going to be where so it's it's funny even though you guys are on the same even though we're on the same tier, you never know who's going to go where and just be able to connect with people and just to get to know them. It's a great experience, especially when they're on the same path like course career. So that was a good call. I didn't even think about that before. But, yeah, absolutely connecting with the people that are there. So now you you took three weeks to get into your job. Let's talk about the interview process. Like, did you apply to these to these jobs through the course careers way? Did you mass apply? I know you received a lot of inquiry from companies already. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about that process for you? Um, I basically did all did all of my um, my my reaching out or, or applying through uh, through LinkedIn. Um, I didn't even because because like I said, um, I was I technically was already applying like before I uh, 
because I wanted to like you know just go straight into it after I finished. So I was just applying uh, about a week or two before I finished anyway. So, um, but the the uh, company that I ended up going with, they reached out to me. I didn't even apply to them. They they reached out to me like first, you know, and um and that's how I got linked with that company. But yeah, I was uh I didn't do too much mass applying. I was I was being a little bit more selective as far as like you know kind of like going through the job um, descriptions and things like that, and you know seeing what the uh, what type of uh, tech or you know what type of tech they sold. I was being I was specifically making sure that if I was going to going to uh, you know do the SDR BDR role and it was with a tech company because you can be a a sales development rep or a business development rep for a non-tech company but i wanted the tech company experience you know uh so that's that's one thing i was trying to filter through and uh and make sure that i was uh doing when i was applying to these uh different uh companies and things like that and and you'll know uh the reason why i i specifically sought out only tech companies uh i guess later on in the interview Ooh, okay i i, I want to find that out <laughs> i mean I, I i understand what you're saying i'm not gonna say any particular companies' names but i know some some companies that actually put sdr but it's not really an sdr position i mean it's more of a yeah. customer uh more more b2c versus b2b yeah um and so can you talk a little bit about your experience trying to navigate away from those <laughs> and trying to get to real tech companies well this um and, and that's why i like the filter um system on uh on linkedin Cause you can filter out a lot of those companies that try to sneak in with the title of SDR, BDR, and, and it's really like uh, mainly you know the main ones who um, who, who kind of like toe the line of uh, trying to trying to trying to mask like they're an SDR, BDR role is insurance mm-hmm. companies. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of insurance companies that'll reach out to you, you know, based on you know your prior sales experience or, or whatever, and they'll they'll have something called it, it it'll, it'll be it'll be worded like inside sales rep or something like that you know but yep. if and, and, and they'll reach out to you you know based on your sales experience on your linkedin profile and stuff like that and i'm i've sold insurance before but it was you know i was in-house selling insurance i'm not interested in going door to door uh to sell insurance or anything like that or, or or beating up the pavement or or knocking on doors and things like that or building my own uh book or anything like that so that that's a lot of the uh, filtering I was doing when I was uh, when when I would you know go through my searches on LinkedIn, just making sure it was it was with a tech company and that it was it it was it did they did have a remote option. Uh, ultimately, I didn't I didn't go with a remote company and there's uh and I'm kind of glad I didn't. We'll, we'll talk about that in, in a minute. Uh, but you know, just doing things like that, making sure that you don't have to be with a tech company. But I mean, that's what I got into this for to break into tech. You know, in in you know, in the easiest, most uh, simple way possible. Um, not saying that easy is always the best, but you know, I, I had a whole life going on, so I I wanted to pivot, but I didn't want to have to like off, tr- you know, knock my whole life off track and you know be facing eviction to do it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, just uh, make sure make sure it's a tech company uh, and make sure you know that they. Um, you have to know what the company does like do do some research on the company go to glassdoor go to um go, go to all these different places where you can um where is this other place uh that i go to um i can't remember the name Rep-view? of this not review rep view rep view there you go yeah you go to glassdoor go to rep view research the company you know read some reviews um but don't 
put don't put too much stock in the person's review of the company i would say because a lot of people that leave negative reviews are you know your um disgruntled employees for whatever reason or they just weren't cut out to be an sdr bdr so they they're going to sour your um your perception of the company how i would say uh as far as reviews is if you're really interested in the company reach out to the um reach out to somebody who works for the company on linkedin and who's working in the role that you're working in and ask them hey um you know so how do you like working at this company um you know what's this like what's that like have a set of questions to ask them you know uh people on linkedin are very helpful they'll tell you about the company that they're working for you know the good the bad and the ugly and you can decide for yourself if that's something you want to pursue um or if if you say you have an interview for a company make sure you've already reached out to a couple of the sdr bdrs in that role or some people in the in the higher up positions and see who responds back to you i would say that that's a great piece of advice because going into my job or my company i went to Glassdoor and there was a layoff right before that and mm -hmm. so i saw a whole slew of 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 meh to like negative reviews and right. at first i was like man am i making the right decision but i realized that i looked at that and i said oh okay i see a trend here and then I saw some reviews from a little bit earlier and some reviews from a little bit later, and they were all good. So it was just that particular part. So doing your research and also just kind of using wisdom to say, okay, this is what is this about? That right. would really, that definitely does help you and set you apart. Um, so let's go a little bit more into the interview process because even though they reached out to you, uh, tech companies are notorious for having long interviews. Like mine was like five. They said it was three rounds, but it was like every, every probably, second the second and third round had two separate interviews so mm -hmm. I, so it, it, it could add up right so how long was the interview process for you this one uh was not that long compared to other ones that i've heard so it started with the um the recruiter um for the who works internally for the company she's a recruiter for that company um she works for the you know because i know there's some external recruiters that will just you know pull in people but so she reached out to me, um, you know, she saw my information on on LinkedIn. She uh, thought I might be a good fit. So we scheduled a call and I had a call with her. It's like the pre-screening uh, portion of the uh, process. So um, after that call, um, thanks to Course Careers, I asked, you know, so what are the next steps or, or whatever, you know, uh, and, you know, when should about and what timeline should I be expecting, you know, you, all, you guys to follow up with me regardless, you know, whether it's yes or no. Um, and you know, she let me know what to expect, uh, next. And so I think, uh, later that day, um, she did, I guess she decided that, you know, they will go forward with the interview process. So she, you know, sent me an email and, uh, I responded to the email. I think the following week is when I had my first, uh, like interview. It was an in-person interview since it is a, a company that's local. Uh, so, you know, I went up to the, uh, to the office and, we uh, did the interview with uh, the director uh, of the sales department, and I think one of the um, regional sales managers uh, were in on the interview. And so, um, and also my recruiter, uh, she she greeted me and everything, and kind of took me on a tour of like the facilities and things like that, and, and showed me uh, it's it's a really cool building. Um, they have a, a bar uh, where they open up the taps at four thirty. And, you know, in, in, in they, they serve beer and wine 
or you can bring whatever alcohol you want to at 4 30 4 30 is our happy hour pretty much um you know we're not off till five but 4 30 uh we have um a little area where you can play ping pong we have an uh a, a section um of the of the building where you can uh play video games on your on your break we have a little uh, a little patio uh, that's connected to where the bar area is where you can at any time during the day if you feel like you're getting overwhelmed with things just uh go have a coffee and sit out on the, on the patio you know for 10 20 minutes it doesn't matter you know as long as you uh, you know, hitting your your marks as far as like what you what you're supposed to do, uh, at least for sales, like your call count and things like that, uh, or, or where they're supposed to be. Then, you know, just take it easy. You know, we have a uh, little golf putts, putting ranges um, all over the building. Like uh, a lot of the guys that at my company are really big into golf, and so there, there's just putting ranges all over the place. When when you want to get up and stretch your legs, you just go grab a little uh, putter and. Or, or or a little uh, a little wedge and do some chip shots and uh, it's just a really cool building i think that's what drew me in initially uh you know and then, so we had the interview and everything like that you know we um that went well i think and then the next part of the process was a job shadow where they would uh this was virtual they would uh it, it's a zoom meeting whether you know you would link up on zoom and one of the uh the leads or one of the uh one one of the top reps would kind of like walk you through what they do uh on a day-to-day and, and everything like that and then you know after the job shadow then whatever the feedback is from the rep i didn't learn this until after i uh, got the job because i saw you know other reps doing job shadows or whatever so whatever the feedback is from the rep you know during the job shadow uh if they if you at, we're asking the right questions and you know interested enough to you know stay engaged and not you know on your phone while they're trying to you know walk you through the thing then they uh give you a call back and then they offer you the position so it's like three rounds a little a little softball you know introduction with the with the recruiter the the real interview and then the job shadow and then they call you back and, uh, and offer you the position or they email you and offer you the position Wow. Now I can see why you want to work in the office. <laughs> you got a lot, yeah. of stuff, a lot of perks going on there. Oh, man. So, so let's talk about that now um, that we got through the interview process. You got hired. What it's like working, you know, particularly for your job. Of course, you don't have to mention any names, but what is it like working in uh, with these perks? Are there more perks in this? Like, can you talk about the different perks that you have working in the office? Because a lot of people want to work remote. You actually yeah. pointed out something about working in the office that I think some people might be like, hmm, maybe it's not that bad. Can you talk a little bit more about the perks? Now, um, working remote is um, is probably amazing, um, but I think um, for me, um, what the, the the benefit to working um, in person is, especially since I'm new to the uh, to 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 the BDR role, is being able to directly lean on, on other people that are more experienced than you, actually listening to them while they're on the calls and and how they're handling their calls and things like that. And and I think that experience is um is priceless. I wouldn't um uh, I wouldn't trade it for for remote work at this point in my career. Um, after I've experienced it already, of course. Uh, just just being next to the people and in the energy in the room is is different. We have a whole lot of sales reps. We're split up, split up into about uh, uh six different teams of, of 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 reps, and we you know we call out on different regions and things like that of the United States. And so um, 
just the energy in the room, like uh, when we're trying to hit our weekly goal, just and when we're trying to hit that monthly goal, and just it, it's a different type of energy. And everybody in there is like minded. We're all doing the same job. We all have the same, so, so, so to speak, type of uh, personality. We're all go getters. We're all hungry. We're all you know aggressive. We're all you know team oriented. It's it's a really really good energy um, to be around if you're working in the office uh, versus you know working remotely. Which again, I don't knock. I wouldn't mind working remotely fully, but um, I'm also not mad at you know the experience I've gained so far. You know, working in the office and um, you know we're still the one uh, remote day option. Yeah, I think that people's personalities gravitate to either one. There's some people who are like. Yeah, I want to be in the office. I want to smell it. I want to feel it. I want to be around that energy, like you said. Uh, right. And then there's some people that are like, hey, no, just leave me in my space. I'll, I'll just show up and do what I need to do. And then, yes, we could chat with each other. We could go on Zoom and have our meetings. But I just like to be in my little corner. Yeah. <laughs> so I would I, love that, too, to be honest yeah. with you. I'm a hybrid. I can do either one. Because when yeah. I'm working from home, it's 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 a it's a different type of you know feeling, uh, too. It's like I'm at peace. Um, I think sometimes my calls go a lot better because i'm i i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know how many people have said this out loud but i need some level of distraction from specifically work like a like a minor level of distraction from work to be to perform at my maximum level if i'm too focused mm. on exactly what i'm doing then i tend to overthink it that's just me and that's how i how i operate so if I have some level in, in, in working from home gives me that that minor distraction, I'm still focused on work. I'm still locked in, but I'm at home. So the distraction of being at home, it works to my benefit. Once I once I identified, uh, you know, a, a good, healthy balance between working at home and, and you know, and and, and be still being locked into uh, whatever you have to do for the day. So. Nice. I, I think um, if I if I do uh, end up, you know, working a, another role at some point, you know, for another company, I mean, because, you know, there's always other opportunities that come up that may be uh, that may be a little more uh, lucrative once you get into this, uh, you know, uh, into into the tech space. It's not uncommon to, you know, go at another opportunity if it if it benefits you more. So if I ever do get into a, a remote role, then, you know, I know the I know the balance, at least, you know what I'm saying? I know. What it's like working in the office and i know i'm capable of working at home hey family it's joseph here again now you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life i actually want to introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it truly is recession proof and that is cybersecurity. level careers is a platform similar to course careers that's self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and ed education in cybersecurity. and get this without prior experience or a degree that's right and so you definitely want to get into that and if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below it's in my description and use my promo code joseph10 that's right use my promo code joseph10 in order to save 10 percent off of the purchase price of that course so without further ado i'm not going to delay you go click on the link check out the free introductory courses and change your life today yeah yeah i think that also, just to, just to kind of piggyback on that, I don't think anything's wrong with with working remote at all. Uh, depending on like for, like for example, what you said, like there's opportunities not only to and we talked about this a little bit earlier, 
but you're not only just interacting and getting that energy, but you're networking as well. Mm-hmm. People get to see who you are. They see your personality. They see how you work. And they yeah. say, hey, I, I, I like how Paul works. Uh, one thing that a person that I interviewed before said that I thought was very interesting, depending on what role you have, if you are hired into another company, especially a company that's like a customer of yours, that's actually seen as a good thing for the company because now they have like the man on the inside at that particular company. And if that customer, let's say it was a customer of your particular company that you're going to, mm-hmm. then they have they already have a line of communication with you. So uh, that that I think is a really cool thing just to kind of throw in there if anybody's interested in regards to transitioning from different jobs. But an- another question I have for you, because you did say this earlier, you have a lot of experience prior to tech. What would you say are the major differences from the other companies that you work for to the company that you're working for right now? Culture. I would mm-hmm. say culture. Um, working, uh, you know, in, in the corporate environment uh, itself, um, there's a certain uh, there's, there's a certain type of culture that um, you know, depending on what company you work for and how big the corporation is or small the corporation is, there's a certain grind that 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 that, that you can expect from a uh, from a non tech company versus so far without experience a tech company. Tech the, the tech company culture is just more laid back. Like I told you, we have a bar in our uh, in in our office, and yeah, and they open up tap at uh at four thirty. We have ping pong tables, video game. It's really like um, we want you to work, we want you to grind, but also like if you need a moment, just you know relax. It's it's fine. Like you know what I'm saying. Like you, you'll be more productive if you if you're not tense and you're not you know. So it's it's it's, it's less it's less of a I think they care more or at least uh at least they do a do a good job of appearing to care more about the the employees uh comfortability and well-being over um what you came to do because they know they both go hand in hand the more comfortable you are the, the less stressed that you are the better you'll work most likely and and they uh and, and i think most tech companies um from what i'm hearing and from what i've experienced have found out that that healthy balance between your comfort level and in your and, and you know in lower stress levels to actually getting the work done. Yeah, that I think that it's something that is becoming a bit more of I won't say mainstream. That's not the word I'm looking for, but more common. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a better word. Where companies are starting to recognize, like, hey, if we can provide an environment that's conducive. Uh, that's reducing stress that we'll see a greater level of productivity. And I agree, like you will, you will, you definitely will see a greater uh, level of productivity. And it seems to be that tech companies are the ones that are doing it. So that way the town doesn't leave to go to other companies. (laughs) So we'll see how other companies outside of tech adapt to that. Now, we want to be transparent here, you know, and one of the things we want to do is not, we talk about the great stuff about tech. But do you find anything challenging about working in tech since you've been in, in the industry? In the uh, in in the SER BDR role, uh, it is a grind. Um, it it is it is very much so a grind, and your <laughs> what you, what you make is you know of course you have your base salary, which is which is which is cool. You know if you, if you got a nice base salary. But you know your bonuses and in your incentives and your commissions and things like that are directly 
I'm talking about extreme, like super directly related to the amount of effort that you put in. So if you come into the role and you think you can just take it easy and take and, and cut corners here and there, oh, I don't like making calls. I'm I'm, I'm going to focus more on this. So I'm going to focus. The more you, whatever, let, let's say the company, I don't know, uh, it's it's a, it's a company that's been around for some years. If they have a structure in place and tell you, hey, this is what you should do. This is what you need to do. And this is the metrics that you need to be hitting to make sure you're hitting your goal. Try to the best of your ability to hit all those metrics because they're there for a reason. And if you mm. and I've learned uh, from from experience, uh, you know, month to month, if you cut corners anywhere in that process, then you will see it on the back end. Like they say in um, mm. well, fanatical prospecting. Right. If, yep. if you're if, if you have a great month in sales. Right. You're just setting meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. You're doing great. You've done terrific. You're, you're expecting a fat uh, uh, bonus plus stretch, you know. Great for you. But if you haven't done your prospecting that month at all, you've been so focused on setting the meetings that you haven't focused on your prospecting, the next month you may not feel it as much, but that following month you will feel it. Yep. You, you will feel it. So if you make sure that you're, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do, your prospecting, your, uh, your emails, uh, they may not seem important. A lot of people don't respond to the emails, but send them out anyway. You never know. You, uh, I, I know reps for a fact. I know reps that get one or two uh, deals uh, a month based off of email outreach. They may have to send out hundreds of emails per yep. month, but you want to leave that on the table? Because I don't, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, do your email outreach. Do your prospecting for sure. Prospecting is, is, is key in this position. Uh, if, if, if anybody at any job that you work at tell you it's not that important, either they're very lucky or they're or they're misleading you. You yeah. have to prospect um, to to make sure that you're keeping that pipeline full, because what's going to happen is you're going to be going through your book um, and you're going to realize you're calling the same people multiple times throughout the month. And then you get to the next month. They're tired of hearing from you already. Eventually, they're going to block you. They're not going to answer the phone. They're not going to respond to emails. So how do you circumvent the people that are going to fall off? You have to prospect. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to do it. You have to definitely have to do it. And there's a science behind it, too. Yeah. Can't get too, too deep into that right now, but there's a science behind how you should do those emails. I mean, honestly, emails, I'll do them, but they're not my strongest suit. I, get me yeah. on the phone with somebody. Uh, like you, like you, I had background in customer service and, and sales on the phone. So let, yeah. me, let me get on the phone with somebody, right? But there's, but, but I... I might, I'm challenging myself for the remainder of this year to really kind of be intentional about these emails because I know people that make their quota off of emails. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So imagine if you could make your quota off of emails and right. then you could just do your calls. Like how much how, how much more is that bonus check going to look at the end right. of the day, right? One quick thing to add to what you said about the pipeline. I recently came back from paternity leave this probably a day or two ago. And... I literally had to start from scratch because I, the amount of time that I took and I'm, and I, that feeling was kind of weird. It's like, man, like I, 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 there's people that I had in my pipeline, of course they had because of the business responsibilities they had to kind of give to other people. But I was like, I know there's a couple of people in there that, Oh, I was so close. Uh, and if I just, if I could have came back to back, you know, came back to them, we'd be good. Um, but the nature of the business is one that, it's going to keep on going whether you're there or not. Yes. So, so that, that's, that's one of the things that, it, that, that it will definitely do. 
Uh, you said something about cutting corners. I want to go back to that because some people might be like, what do you mean cutting corners? I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but have you seen examples of people cut corners and, and how it affected them? Because I think people want to get, if the people get a more vivid image of that, then they can decide whether being an SDR is the right thing for them or not. Well, with being transparent, um, I, I know from experience, like there was a certain point where I was just going through the motions, uh, you know, um, I just, you know, for whatever reason, I just wasn't that focused on, on, on the task at hand. And I felt it that much for sure. <laughs> I felt it that much. Like when I say cutting corners, like, OK, so if you're supposed to uh, make a certain amount of dials per day, make sure to make make those dials count. Because, I mean, on mm -hmm. paper, let's say you're supposed to make 50 calls a day. I'm not going to tell you how many I make because you might fall out your chair uh, if you're supposed to make 50 <laughs> calls a day um and on paper you've made 60 calls but uh 20 of them maybe 30 of them were were, were direct to straight to voicemail calls or, or whatever like that yeah on paper you made 50 calls and you, you know and that's great and everything like that but how many people did you actually get to speak with so mm. if you know like like organize your day in a way that it's optimal for you to get the most conversations as possible. If you know for a fact that this 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 number that you're calling goes straight to voicemail every time you call it, maybe it's maybe it's time to you know push that one out of the book and and and, and get and get something get something different in your book because that's just a free dial. Yeah, it makes it, it makes it, it boosts your numbers in that area, but you're not really getting anywhere. It's not helping you. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. In, in in things like that. And also, um, so you can't be afraid. Um, I think this was in the book that we read, uh, uh, Fanatical Prospecting, or either Fanatical Prospecting. You can't be afraid to interrupt. Uh, mm, people's day. People's day. For a fact, you can't be afraid to interrupt. You almost have to have no conscience about it at all. Unless somebody tells you, hey, my dog just got hit by a car. I'm rushing to the hospital right now. I can't talk right now. I would say don't be afraid to interrupt. <laughs> um, like in the, in the industry I work in, uh, every, uh, it's on LinkedIn. I work I work for you know a company called Builder Trend. Uh, we sell you know uh, a software to construction workers to help help them streamline you know their uh, their process on the project management side of things. Uh, you know, mm, nice. streamline that whole process. So these guys are always busy, right? Yeah. No matter when you call them, they're always busy because when you're a construction business owner, uh, most of these guys are in the field with the guys and they're, 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 they're picking up a hammer and nails and they're doing the work themselves too. You would think that they'd be in the office with their feet up, but no, these guys are workers, you know, these construction guys. So you're always going to call them at the wrong time. Every time, all, all, the, the whole day is the wrong time for them. Don't be afraid to like push it a little bit more, especially if they're willing to talk to you. Uh, don't Don't be so quick to give up on the call when somebody says they're busy. You know, yeah, uh, or, or, or something like that. Because most of the time, you know, if you if you can kind of slow the conversation down and tell them um, the reason why you're calling and, and what you uh, and, and what you have to offer on the front end, they'll they'll want to have more of a conversation. Uh, not most of the time, but you know, some of the time they they want to have more of a conversation. Oh, wait, what's this? Oh, what do you guys? Oh, okay, so you guys do this because they get calls all day. Trust me, you know, if you're a business owner, you, you get calls all day from all types of people trying to sell you all types of things. A lot of it is useless, but like if you know you have something to offer, you believe in your company's uh, 
product or their cert or, the, or their software, um, um, then you know that what what you have is not a waste of their time, but something that's probably going to help them save time, save money. You know, so don't be afraid to interrupt those people because you're offering something that can help them at the end of the day, and it's going to help you the more the more of those people that you get to uh, accept that meeting. That's right, and that's the name of the game. That's how you get paid: is how many people you can get through the pipeline as an SDR uh, and get them to another part of the sales cycle. Now, people are curious about this. Uh, I don't give exact figures on my channel, but I want you kind of I want to kind of give a picture to people regarding the quota. So they're like quota. You have to get quota. Great um, bonuses, incentives, things of that nature. Cool. What kind of figures can people be? And, it, and this is again, it's a ballpark figure. It is not specific to you. So anybody listening, it's not what Paul is saying that he's he's making right now. But in regards to the, the incentives, what's the difference that from like somebody's pay if they make quota or if they don't make quota? Do you have like a ballpark figure, like what the difference could be? Um, it can be arranged if you versus when you make quota to don't make quota, um, because even the best uh, of the best reps, some of them, some, some of them don't hit quota every month. I've seen, I mean, in, in, in my, in my job, I've seen people hit quota month after month after month after month consecutively for like, like 11 to 12 months straight, but it's not uncommon for you to miss quota uh every, like maybe three three times out of out of the year like if so mm-hmm. if you're on a monthly um so i would say um the difference between making quota and not making quota is about a i would say about a 30 percent swing hmm. on average wow. to, to what what you what you could be expected to make that's a lot so <laughs> you're, yeah so you're incentivized to make sure that you're you're hitting your quotas and there's other other metrics that you can hit that'll that'll get you other um, other bonuses and things like that. So it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it, the difference between quota and not quota. I would say um, just based on my experience and what I'm seeing, you know, on these um, uh, when when, I, when you look at the pay breakdown, is 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 a good twenty five to thirty uh, percent swing. But not saying you have to hit quota every single month, or you or, or you won't, or, or it's going to be that difference. You know what I'm saying? But you know, if if you consistently hitting quota, then 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 you'll you'll make some decent money. Yeah, that's an incentive for anybody who's thinking about whether or not tech sales is a good viable source of income. Uh, that's a huge amount. Thirty <laughs> percent. It's a huge amount. Uh, so what, we're going to be wrapping up very soon here, and I wanted to kind of talk about the mindset. Uh, what is a mindset you would say somebody needs to have to be where you not just to be where you are, but to scale from there? And and uh, if you even could talk about what you're what I mean, I don't know if you ha- if you want to talk about it, but what are some plans that you have in regards to your career trajectory? What do you want to do? Where you want to go? Uh, but yeah, if we probably could put that in a nice ball together. <laughs> OK, so uh, the interesting um, thing we're going to talk about my career tra- trajectory. That's interesting um, because, you know, I am in the SDR role. Um, yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, do you talk to people that are from different um, areas of the tech industry though? Yeah. Okay, good. So this, this will be relevant to this uh, conversation. Okay. So um, the, as far as mindset, um, and this goes with anything you do in life, but since we're talking careers here, you have to have a, a no excuse mindset personally, like give yourself no room for excuses at all. I know things are going to happen 
that are seemingly out of your control. But if you really think about it, most of the things that happen uh, to us can be things that we consider to happen for us. Like, mm. and, and, and I'm saying that um, I'm, I'm trying to quote uh, Grant Cardone uh, uh, from the 10 X role. He said, he said, I, I don't let things happen to, to me. I make things happen for me or something like that. I'm loosely quoting them, meaning yeah. that every decision you, you make from the time you wake up during your day, uh, what, what the, the outcome of your day is going to be a direct reflection of the decisions that you make. So yeah, you might, you might be on the way to work and there's traffic, but if you would have left 15 minutes earlier, that wouldn't be the biggest of, you know, that wouldn't be the biggest deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yes, I live 20, and this is personal. I'm, we're getting real personal, real transparent. I live <laughs> 10 minutes away from the house. I, I would, I, there was a period where I would show up consistently late for work because I took for granted that I lived 10 minutes away from the house. They would do, mm. they started doing construction work, uh, road work on my, on my route to work. And that would that would put me behind like five minutes every day. It would take me 15, uh, 20 minutes sometimes to get to work. Um, so what I started doing was I had to change my mindset. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the house 30 minutes early now. I yeah. don't care if I live 10 minutes away. I don't know what's gonna happen out there, but I'm gonna make sure I prepare for it. So preparation and mindset is is important um in achieving anything you want to do in 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 this industry if we're speaking specifically about you know your career trajectory and things like that and yeah. uh as far as me what what's coming for me um i am recently uh, i recently became uh very interested in cybersecurity mm. because i've always wanted to break into tech this was just my way in um i you know i love being in SDR, BDR, but I don't see that as a path for me as far as like moving through to account executive and, you know, moving, moving through that path. I'm going to pivot all the way into the cybersecurity side of things. I've, I've seen enough. I've heard enough. I've done enough research to know that the way that my mind works and the way that uh, the way that I think, the way that I, I like to analyze and problem solve and things like that, that cybersecurity is the route for me. So I've been um, taking... Uh, uh, some some introductory courses on uh, a site called Try Hack Me. That's uh, for people who want to get into cybersecurity. That's an amazing tool. Yeah, tryhackme.com. It's a it's a free resource, but um, there's a paid version of it where you can open up and you know uh, and get more access to like you know the little miniature uh, courses that they teach and things like that. Um, I reached out to the. Uh, and that's the good thing about working at a tech company. Uh, a couple months ago, I reached out to the uh, cybersecurity, uh, you know, the SOC um, team at my job. Uh, I reached out to maybe three or four of them. Like I said, outreach, uh, networking, connecting with people. That's uh, right. I reached out to three or four of them. Uh, two or three of them messaged me back, and you know, we set up a, a, a meeting. We we scheduled a meeting room or whatever, and they were more than happy to tell me, you know, the various roles and what they do in cybersecurity and you know, kind of guide me towards a direction uh, on what I might want to do in cybersecurity. So, Ooh. yeah, that's that's another benefit of working for a tech company. You don't have to stay in the in the in the field that you're in in tech. There's so many different roles in tech. You can it's and now you have access to that direct access because you're working with these people. Yeah, you know what's so good about what you just said is that that's something that somebody else on my channel said before is that literally you can. Somebody else said that on the podcast, like you could literally, once you're in a tech company, that network can literally take you anywhere you want to go. 
in my company, SDRs are kind of seem like the entry level position for any particular field, which is very interesting. I mean, you have to show that you can do it. Of course, they get yeah. they have like a little bit of a mentorship or even an internship within a department. Sometimes, depending on what the field is, you might yeah. have to get some more credits or classes to to learn the skills that apply to that role. Yeah. But but yeah, you you're right. Like you you could literally navigate that way and say, hey, talk to somebody. Say, hey, how can I become uh, a sales engineer here, or how can I become uh, a part of the blue team, red team, purple team, whatever team that they have yeah. <laughs> within um, the cybersecurity realm? Uh, one of the things I love about uh, you know what I do is that I've also found these different boot camps that have different things like Level Careers has uh, a cybersecurity uh, boot camp as well. But if you're already in tech, you could leverage those ex- those relationships, and they could be like, "Hey, I know somebody that knows somebody," <laughs> and then you're like, "Good." You know, so yeah. that's a that's a really cool, cool, cool thing to 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 talk about there that can go with the detail about. Well, I'm going to say, Paul, I hope that you do get to the cybersecurity area. I know that's a very, very in demand field right now. Everything is going more and more on the cyber side. It already has been for years, but it's getting even to the point where, you know, purchasing food, everything is done through through tech. And so right now is the time if you want to get into cybersecurity, that's a good place to get. So <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're definitely on it. Well, with that being said, I want to thank you, Paul, for taking the time to speak with me. This has been a great conversation. I know a lot of people could take from the transparency that was shared, the insight that was shared. This is a really good episode for those that were on the cusp of trying to decide what they want to do. If they want to get as an SDR, if they want to go to cybersecurity, if they want to do something else within tech. This was a good episode to see exactly a little bit more about what an SDR does. Uh, it's 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 great in regards to the income, but it is a grind, and yeah. that cannot be said um, said anymore. It's a grind. Yeah. It's a it's a job, and it's a grind. So so if that's not your personality, if, if you're not really a go getter, think about it. Think about it. This is something you want to do. But if if you are a go getter, there's a lot of money that could be made. I've I've I've, I've interviewed people that made five hundred thousand plus a year on this channel in tech sales. So mm-hmm. there, the money is there, um, but it's up to you to decide if this is something that you want to do. Absolutely. And, and Paul, I want to just say, um, go ahead, Paul. before we sign off, um, yeah. being somebody who's 42 years old and just recently, maybe a year ago, two years ago, deciding to, to pivot into a whole nother industry, it's never too late. It's never, never too late. Um, limitations only exist in the mind. This we there's a vast world, especially in tech. It's mm-hmm. it, it's so in demand. Most of these positions that we're that we're going for, and especially as people of color, that are so underrepresented in in, in so many areas of opportunity. That I don't care how old you are and how old you uh, how too old that you think you are, or or whatever skills that you think you don't have. There's resources and there's opportunities out there if if you want them. If you want it, go after it, and nothing's stopping you but you. That's, That's all right. I want to say. The sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. So go after it. Don't don't be afraid, y'all. Uh, and with that being said, we want to thank you again for tuning in. Again, put in the comment section how much you appreciated this episode. Let Paul know. Let myself know. Uh, we, 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 we take time to be here for you because we want to provide insight uh, that you may not get other places. You may get it, you know, maybe, but we don't know. So we want to provide that insight for you. Uh, That's all I can say for now. But until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Take care, family.